You are listening to the sermon audio from 12th Street Baptist Church in Rainbow City, Alabama. More information about our church can be found online at www.12th.co. Good morning, everyone. I am always glad to be here to worship with you. And so I'm excited about today and the word the Lord has given us. If you would turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 8. We'll be starting in verse 9, and we will go on in verse 9 through verse 13 today. And we have been in this series for Romans for several weeks now, and we're talking about how we have been set free by God according to the powerful work of His Holy Spirit. If you are in Christ, if you belong to Him. And so I want to take a couple of minutes to pray for us, and then I want to send us on into the Word. Before I do so, let me just confess something to you. I, I struggle often with doubt about my faith. I wouldn't say that it leads me to ultimate despair in that, but I think all of us would say at some level in us, we struggle with doubt at times. And almost always, for me, my doubt is connected to my giving in to sin. I think things like, am I, am I really saved? Could I really love God if I, if I gave myself over to that sin again? Or could God really love me if I hate myself right now so much? I, I don't know if you struggle with those things. I don't know if any of you are, are plagued with doubt even more so than that. Today I want to offer you help and hope and assurance of faith if you are in Christ. The Word of God is the one thing that can draw our hearts back to Him in worship. Not just as we sing songs on Sunday morning, but as we live our lives with Him. And so let us look at the Word together and let me pray for us as we begin. Father, You alone are the one who can give us assurance of salvation. Father, you alone are the one who can give us salvation, period. So I pray this morning for those of us who are yours already, that you would stir our hearts, that you would lead us away from temptation, lead us into the hope and the sure, solid salvation that's found in Jesus Christ, your Son. And if, Lord, there are those with us this morning who do not yet know you. I pray you will break into that heart of stone and turn it into a heart of flesh and that you would give faith so that they might believe on you. Lord, we all need you. We need you to set us free from our sin and from death and from eternal damnation. We need you. So Lord, help us today, please. Help us to put our faith in you once again. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you ever find it difficult to overcome sin? Do you find it difficult in the struggles that we have, the temptations that come at us? Do you feel that doubt that I've been talking about? Do you struggle with those things and question if you really are a Christian, if you really are one who loves Jesus the way the Bible talks about? Because I think often we, we, we kind of walk in this way where we are thinking about what it looks like to be a Christian. We think about going to church, about reading the Bible, about praying in the mornings as we start our day. But really, are we in relationship with God, walking with Him throughout our day? Are we being with God and are we becoming like Jesus and doing the things that Jesus did? Those questions at times, especially when I give in to sin in my life, they plague me and, and I doubt my faith. I don't remain there because the Lord is gracious and kind. But I think many of us struggle with those same doubts, those same fears. And maybe you today are struggling with that. And I want to bring hope. And it's not I who bring hope, but God through His Word 
And I just get to be a part of the delivery system. And so I hope that today, as you look at this word in Romans 8, starting in verse 9, that God would renew your spirit if you are in him. And if you are not yet his, that he would bring you to salvation today. For he alone is powerful enough to change hearts and to change our actions. Let's look at Romans 8, verse 9 through 13. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give you life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Let's just walk through this passage together and kind of break it down until we get to the point at the end where we're going to see how all this plays together and what we are to live in differently today. So let me just unpack this. In verse 9, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. You, because you are in Christ, if you put your hope and faith in Jesus, if you've been born again, if God has raised you to new life, you are not enslaved to your flesh any longer. If His Spirit dwells in you, you are a new creature. And the Spirit of God overpowers that sin in your flesh, and you are now no longer enslaved in the flesh. But anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So the question I want you to be thinking of as we go through is, are you really who you think you are? Are you really His? Not only have you given yourself over to Him, because many times before I became a Christian, did I ask God to save me? Did I think I was giving myself over to Him? But not until I was made anew did I understand that He is the initial instigator of that faith and hope in Him. And so today, by His Word, by His powerful Spirit speaking to you right now, you might be His if you put your hope and faith in Christ as He puts that desire in your heart. And you will not want Him. If you only want Him to escape something, that's not exactly the same, although that could be part of it. But if you want Him more than you want everything else, that is the desire that God places in your heart when you come to know Him. And today, you can have that kind of faith if your hope is placed in Christ. But you are no longer, if you're in Christ, you are no longer enslaved to your flesh if the Spirit of God dwells in you. Look at verse 10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, that means that the body is dead in the sense that even though if you're in Christ, sin has no hold on you, you still have the effects of sin in your body until Jesus comes back. And so here when he says, if you're in Christ, if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, this is really unique. He doesn't say the spirit gives life. He doesn't say the spirit brings life. He says the spirit is life. The life in you that has turned you on and made you new, that has given you new desires and new hopes, if you are in Christ, if you belong to Jesus, that life is the spirit that lives in you. You are 
combined to him. You're connected to him in a way that brings you life because he is life. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Not because of your righteousness. Not because of mine. Because we know we fail. We know we struggle. We're not always the way we should be. We don't always do what we should. We often do what we should not do. But the Spirit is life because of Christ's righteousness. That He lived the life we could not live and then died the death that we deserve. Therefore, declaring us righteous. In in essence, putting His righteousness on us as He placed our sins upon His shoulders on the cross. And so therefore, He becomes our life as we put our hope in Him. This is amazing. This is something that should change everything about us. You've been bought, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus spilled out for you on the cross if you are His. And now you're no longer held captive, enslaved by the sin that dwells in you. But you have true life and are free from sin because of the ongoing powerful work of God in you. You've been set free. Listen to me, church. You have been set free from the enslavement of sin in your life. You no longer have to bow the knee to your sin. In fact, we're going to see that you need to then be killing your sin by trusting in Jesus. You need to be killing your sin lest your sin be killing you, as the famous Puritan John Owen stated it. This is a truth that you can live in, that you have been set free. You no longer have to bow the knee to the sin and the temptations that come. You have been redeemed. You have been released by the powerful working of Jesus. Look at verse 11. He continues on. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Listen, the battles you wage against sin now will not go on forever. God will give life to your immortal bodies at the resurrection when Jesus returns for us. Our hope, listen, is in Jesus who promises to return for us. And He always fulfills His promises. How do we know that He'll come back to take us home with Him? Because He's given His life for you, for that very thing. He will not waste his life. He will not waste his precious blood that he spilled out on the cross of Calvary for you. He will not waste that. He gave it so that he could ransom you and take those who were captive to be captive with him and bring you to freedom and joy everlasting and eternal life with the Father, alongside the Son, by and with the Holy Spirit. He will not waste your life by giving you over to sin and death if you've been redeemed by His sacrifice on the cross. We can rest assured in that thing. It says, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and He does if you're in Christ, if He dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit at the resurrection. He will overcome. The struggles will end. They are not forever. If you're in Christ, the struggles will end. What is forever is life and joy and peace and grace in the presence of the one who gave his life for you. Fullness of joy. So why serve a master who aims in life, whose aim in life is to kill you? Why serve the sinful temptations that come at us? Why serve the flesh that wars against us? You've been set free from sin and death in Jesus, right? So why do that thing? Why go back to those things? Look at verse 12. So then, brothers, all this being true, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. 
In other words, you don't owe the flesh anything. You don't owe sin anything. You have been redeemed. You don't owe anything that you desire to the flesh. You have been made anew. You've been given new hope, new desires, new foundations, new joys that surpass all those other things. Satisfaction in Jesus can surpass all the satisfaction that sin promised but never delivered. You owe it nothing. You are not debtors to the flesh. You are not debtors to anyone because Jesus paid the debt for you on the cross. So do not give yourself over. Do not live as slaves to the desires in your body that lead you away from God. But run into the freedom that's found in the arms of our Savior who gives ultimate joy and life abundantly. Church, this is good news. And you have nothing you have to do in order to attain this salvation. Jesus did everything for you on the cross. There's nothing you have to earn. There's nothing you have to do. Everything has been done for you by Jesus. And now declared upon you, if you're in Christ, that you are declared righteous. When God sees you, He doesn't look upon your sin. He looks upon the sweet, precious, glorious perfection of Jesus. And says, I love you because my son died for you. This is good news. This is really good news. We must understand that that is not the complete part of our life, that we just hear that and all of a sudden everything is better. It doesn't happen that way. In fact, I grew up in the church thinking that was the way it worked, that if you really loved Jesus, then you would not do any more sin, that you would stop sinning. But we know that's just not true. We still struggle and we war within ourselves. Paul even talks about it in other places in the Bible. He says things like that, I don't do the things I want to do and I do the things I don't want to do. I'm at war within myself. And this is the war that you and I are to engage in fully. We cannot ride the bench. We cannot stay back. We cannot assume that somebody else is going to do this for us other than the fact that God will work in us and through us to win that war over sin but we must engage in the battle. In fact, I'll say it again. We must kill the sin that aims to kill you by believing in Jesus. Look at verse 13. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Do you, do you hear that? If you live according to the flesh, you will die. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you live according to the flesh, the end result will always be death. Death. But, I love that word in the Scriptures, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. You may say, well, I thought I didn't have to do anything to be saved. You're right. Jesus did everything for you on the cross. The Holy Spirit applies all of that to you. And you place your hope and faith in Jesus. You do nothing to earn that salvation. However, if you are His, you will fight your sin because you will hate the sin that put Jesus on the cross. If you hate the sin, you will fight against it. When we give in to the sin, we are not hating the sin and loving the Savior. We are loving the sin and therefore, in essence, we are dismissing the Savior, dismissing Jesus' sacrifice. And we would never want to say that out loud, but it's what drives us to despair as we then doubt our faith, as we then question if we really love God. And I'm telling you here, this command seems overwhelming because it seems like we cannot do it. It says, but if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Listen, the big hope here is it's by the Spirit. It's not by your work alone. But if by the Spirit 
You put the deeds of the flesh to death. You will then live. Listen, brothers and sisters, all too often we give in to sin. We don't even fight it. Sometimes we fight it and we still fail. Yes, because we cannot overcome on our own and we often try to do it on our own in our own power by our own might by trying to will it up enough or trying to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. You cannot do it that way. We'll talk in a minute how you can do it. But listen, you are free in Christ and as you lean into God and let Him be your strength, let Him be your joy, let Him be the power that lives within you instead of you trying to muster up enough power on your own, you can find victory. You can kill the sin that wills to kill you. So do not live like dead men who succumb to the things that bring death, but live free in Christ. He's purchased our freedom. Live free in Christ Jesus. If you live according to the flesh that aims to kill you, you will die. And if you prove by that point, you will prove you are not of Jesus. If you continue over and over again, it's like if somebody filmed your life and what they saw was over and over and over again, you keep giving in to the sins and you find your pleasure in the sins that never really satisfy. That shows you that you really not, are not who you say you are. However, if you struggle and fail, but God, by His power, continues to move you more into the image of Christ, then we know that you are His because you fight the sin because you hate the sin that placed Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. You hate the sin in yourself that made Him have to go to the cross. This is assurance of salvation that you know that you are His because you hate it and you fight it and you wage war with it. How you live, either by succumbing to temptation which was all we knew before Jesus, or by waging war against the sin that wages war against us, that determines who your God is. Is it self or is it Jesus? Is it others or is it Jesus? Is it a goal outside of your relationship with God or is it Jesus? Is your God your appetite for things that you desire and things that then desire your death? Or is your God the one who lived the perfect life that we cannot live and then die the death of eternal wrath for us so that we do not have to die. If you are Christ, then by the Spirit, brothers and sisters, put to death the deeds of the body that aim to kill you. Listen to 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. When you do this, when you wage war against your sin, it's a part of making much of God. God is glorified in your body when you fight the sin that's within you. So don't allow sin to control you. You might be thinking, well, I can't defeat it. There's this sin that I always struggle with and it keeps coming back, it keeps coming back. You're right, you can't do that on your own. You cannot accomplish that. But God can kill the sin that's in you by the power of His Holy Spirit that He has placed within you if you are His. It's a matter of great urgency and intentionality that we do this. Eternal security, salvation is not a matter of coasting. If you are calling yourself a Christian and yet you are just coasting through life and you are not at war against your own flesh, against the sin that dwells within you, then you are sadly mistaken. Please wake up now. God, wake them by your Holy Spirit. Bring them to understand the truth of the gospel that you cannot be satisfied in your sin and truly be satisfied in the Savior. It is one or the other. There is no in-between. But how? I'm sure you're asking, well, hey, well, how do I do that? 
Galatians 5.24. I'm going to go through a series of texts that will help us to see it. Galatians 5.24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That means when, when Jesus went to the cross 2,000 years ago, when he died the death for our sin that we deserve to die, on that cross, in essence, your sins went on his shoulders and he died in your place. And then therefore, when you are made new in life, you die to self you died to those sins. You died to those ways apart from God, walking apart from him. And now you are redeemed and baptized into his family. You were brought into the family of God. So therefore, those old desires, those sins within you are crucified with Jesus on the cross. With all of its passions and desires. But the enemy comes against you. Your sin wages war against you even now. Look at Romans six twelve through 13. Let not sin, therefore, reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, members being your body, the pieces of your body. But present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. As instruments for righteousness. You've been brought from death to life. Ephesians 6, 16 through 17. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation, and listen, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The one offensive weapon that we have is the sword of the Spirit that's been given to you, he's been placed in you, and you were brought to life, new in Christ. The Spirit of God dwells in you, and that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is your offensive weapon to wield against sin and temptation. So let us wield the word of God to slay the temptation of sin that comes at us. Galatians 3.5 says, Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? See, it points to the same thing. We hear the word of God. We, we have it spoken over us. We submit to teaching. And when we do, we are then moved to, in our hearing of faith to work against sin. Not by working it from our own mustering it up, but by hearing with faith. It's by faith, a gift of God, believing the word, trusting the word of God, the Bible, to be a superior satisfaction to what the sin is going to offer us when it takes up our body to try to make it its own instrument of unrighteousness. This is what sin does to us, but the word of God always brings us back to our relationship with Jesus, which will always satisfy us more than what sin promises to satisfy and then never delivers. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved. Listen, through sanctification and by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Through sanctification, by the Spirit and belief in the truth. Belief in the Word, belief in the Scriptures, the Bible. Believing on it, being satisfied in it. So kill your sin before your sin be killing you. Kill your sin by trusting in Jesus. I'm going to give you four steps about how to do that. Because some of you are still saying what I would say. I've tried that. It didn't work. So tell me how to do it then. Number one, you have to know the word. Sit under the preaching and teaching of the word by those who you know love Jesus more than they love their own lives. Study then in the word to show yourself as a worker who's approved by God as you continually try to understand who he is and what he's done for us in Jesus so that we may love him rightly the way that he deserves to be loved. Preparing your defenses by placing the word of God in your heart for the times when temptation will come. Then you can wield the word of God 
the sword of the Spirit of God to slay the sin that wants to kill you. You can defeat it in that way by first knowing the Word. You have to have it implanted in you. Study the Bible. Read the Word. Memorize the Scriptures. This is step one in killing your sin by trusting in Jesus. Secondly, by walking in the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. In other words, cultivate a life with Jesus by practicing the life that Jesus lived when He was here on this earth. He emulated for us the way to live. Spend time with Him. Listen to him like he spent time with the Father, listened to the Father. He tuned his heart and ear to the Spirit speaking to him as God spoke to him as he went along the way. Let us tune our hearts, our ears to the Lord. Let us be listening. Listen, if we only run to Jesus when temptation comes, we will not likely kill the sin that attacks us through our own flesh, but we will give in to it. Jesus is not our genie in a bottle. We can't just run to him in those moments only and think that everything is going to be okay. We have to cultivate a life with him. Let us walk with him. Sin will have its way with you if you're not walking with Jesus. So let us run to him daily, not just when we sin, but run to him all the time. Start in the morning going to him. Carry him with us as we go. Speak to him as we go throughout the day. Listen to him as he speaks into our heart, as we are tuned into his Holy Spirit by his word. Listening to others he places in our life to know him. Let us walk by the Spirit. We will only overcome sin by relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. That same power who created everything out of nothing. The same Holy Spirit who powerfully raised Jesus from the dead. The same Holy Spirit who now abides in you and works to save you from your temptation and who works to bring you joy that is inexpressible in Jesus if you are His. So kill your sin by trusting in Jesus and being with Jesus. And then thirdly, preach the gospel to yourself. You say, I don't know it that well. That's why you've got to know the Word. The gospel is simple. The easiest, simplest way to say it is, I am horrible, but Jesus is awesome. I'm going to follow him. What he did for me on the cross was enough to save my soul. That's the gospel in essence. It's greater and deeper and never ending in our understanding and desire for it. But that is the essence of the gospel. So when temptation comes, turn to God and ask him to remind you of his love for you. Listen, when temptation comes at you and you feel your desire of your heart to lean into sin that draws you away from relationship with God, what we need to do is then turn to God and say, God, I am faltering. Remind me of the love that you've shown me in Jesus so many times. Remind me of the love that that made you send your son to put him on the cross in my place. Fill me with the love, the same love that Jesus had for me on the cross 2,000 years ago. Remind me of all the things that he did and went through so that he could bring me into his family so he could save my soul. Remind me of that. Fill me with that kind of love. And as he fills you with that love, it will push out the desire for sin that draws you away from him. And that satisfaction you have in Jesus will always overcome the desire for that sin. That's believing the gospel, the good news of Jesus, that Jesus lived the life we could not live and died the death that we deserve so that he could then defeat Satan, sin, death, and hell so that we could be brought into his family and that he rose in victory over all those things so that he could be our Lord and our Savior and our King. So believe the gospel and watch God slay the temptation through you by his Spirit as you fight. Not fighting by yourself, but fighting as you lean into God, as you wield the Word of God against your own flesh, and then live set free by leaning into Jesus. Listen, you can have joy that is beyond the joy promised by those sins that is never really delivered. You can have joy without regret. You can have glorious, 
joy that brings your heart to overflow an inexpressible joy, making much of Jesus so that others might even find freedom in Him. So let us live, brothers, sisters, let us live in that freedom. Kill that sin. Walk in the Spirit of God that now dwells in us and crucify the sin that wants to kill us. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Jesus said it in Luke 9, 23. If any woman come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? Listen to this, Matthew 10, 38. Jesus says, whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Is not worthy of me. Let us pick up the cross. Crucify our sin. Let us kill the sin by the power of the Holy Spirit. Leaning into Him. Overwhelmed by the grace and mercy and love He's shown us in Jesus. So that we're filled with that. And the desires for lesser things are pushed away from us. This is how we know we are His. Killing our sin by trusting in Jesus. It's not always easy, but oh, how great are the joy and pleasures of life in Christ versus the death and damnation and suffering that are sure to come with sin. You can't believe enough, but Jesus believed enough for you on the cross. You can't do enough to overcome the effects of your sin in your body, but Jesus did for you on the cross. You can't find hope in your own strength, but Jesus secured our hope in His strength on the cross. You can't save your friends and loved ones, from the power of sin and death, but Jesus can. He made the way for us all in His death on the cross and by His resurrecting from the grave. Sin could not overcome Him. Satan could not defeat Him. Death could not hold Him. Hell could not have Him. But you can have Him today if you will put your hope and faith in Christ. Turn from your sin. Lash yourself to the cross of Christ and say, Lord, I want you more than anything else. So let us repent of our sin, brothers. Let us repent of our sin, family. Kill it by the powerful working of God's Holy Spirit if you've been made new in Christ. Christ. And if you have not been yet redeemed by the blood of Jesus built out for you on the cross, then today is the day of your salvation. Today God is calling you to your freedom. But it comes only by dying to self and being born again by the God who created you to enjoy freedom in His Son, Jesus. So what would it look like, church? If we repented of our sin, if we fought our sin with the good fight of faith in Jesus, knowing that by His power, He can overcome. You may say, I have faith, but I don't have enough. That's okay. Cry out to Him. Lord, I have faith, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. Let us repent of our sin and turn to God and find eternal salvation, eternal hope, eternal joy, which can only be found in Jesus Christ the righteous, our King, our Redeemer, our Brother, our living hope, our Savior, and our Lord. Kill your sin by trusting in Jesus. Father, we need You now and every moment of our lives. We need Your Son, Jesus, today just as much as the first time we met Him. And Lord, we cannot overcome our sin, but You have already made the way possible on the cross of Your Son Jesus 2,000 years ago. And today, You can overcome the sin and the temptation that wars against us. So Lord, help us. 
Give us desires to love you and seek after you. Give us desires to walk with you, to know you by your word. And give us, by your spirit's power, the ability to wield your word to defeat the sin that wants to kill us. Lord, help us to kill sin lest it kill us and to do so by believing and trusting in your son, Jesus. And I ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon audio from 12th Street Baptist Church. Feel free to share this with anyone you meet, and we pray that this sermon helped you to be more like Jesus as 12th Street seeks to be a place where we can find forgiveness for the past and hope for the future.